Hello, everybody. What a great day it is. Here we are, Rick, R&R. Remnant Revealed. Remnant Revealed. Here we are. Hit that bell, subscribe, shoot us a thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah, that really makes a difference. And uh, That's all the things I'm supposed to say, right? Yeah. Hit the bell, mm -hmm. subscribe, give and us a thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah. yeah. But it does make a difference. It helps. Sure. And definitely helps when people throw comments down there. Absolutely, and we uh, do our best to answer every comment. Yeah. And uh, I think we've had some people request uh, Dr. Barkley's book on how not to be shipwrecked. Yep, we just heard another yeah. request yesterday, so that's really good. And it's awesome. Get those out to folks. Really cool. Yeah. Um, I was, uh, have you ever driven, I was just thinking this when we were getting ready, have you ever driven so long that your legs get numb? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I just pulled it like a 13 hour, 13 and a half hour. Yeah, that'll drive one that'll way, both each yeah, way. Each way. Yeah, that'll do it. Whew. Yeah, I've done that one. Um, I am a great proponent of stopping halfway, getting a hotel room, driving the rest of the way. Some physical issue reasons, but um, those who were with me, though, wanted to press through mm -hmm. so that you could get we were going on vacation well so you that's a good reason to, to drive a long ways uh, there is no good reason to drive <laughs> a long ways there's a good reason to fly yeah. a long ways yeah. no good reason to drive a long ways uh, unless it's an emergency i get that but so hold. 13 hours straight huh yeah. You know, you remember uh, not too long ago, I mean, it's not like a funny thing, but I, I, I drove 13 hours, um, arrived safely, gratefully. Yeah. And then within just a matter of moments, learned of an officer that was critically injured. Turned around. Back home back. and got in a car and drove 13 hours straight back, you know. And, and all I have to say about that is. No, nah, it's, that was, that was a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. for me, more than anything, the, you know, being tired, but you know, it just, it's physically exhausting, uh, not just sitting there, but the, you know, the mental but trying to keep yourself yeah, staying yeah. focused Stay, and everything else right. and staying safe. But you know, it's a lot like our, uh, like our profession and our job and what we do. Oh my gosh. I was thinking, uh, I got home, you know, I'm always thinking about our coppers, but you know, they're guys and gals that sit have to sit in their car oh, yeah. and drive around yeah. for sometimes 12, sometimes 16 hours. Yeah. You think many of our officers work 12-hour shifts now, and so a lot of that is spent in a car, and that's day after day. Um, yeah. Seated. By the way, with a 40-pound yeah, on average. Body armor. Body armor, belt. utility belt, all yeah, the. All your other gear. Oh my mm -hmm. goodness gracious, man! Yeah, and you know you see it because it takes its <clears throat> takes its effect mm -hmm. on the backs of our officers. Our officers are notorious for you know back issues, yep. back problems, all those other things. A lot of agencies now are moving to um, to uh, oh, I forget the actual term, but basically like a uh, suspender system right. that helps relieve that weight yeah. off the hips of the officers with their duty belt and whatnot. Because a lot of retired officers wind up having to have hip replacements. Oh, yeah. And then spinal issues yeah. and everything else. So. If you think about having something pressing, mm -hmm. like when you sit down, you've got your duty belt with things hanging off of it at your hip joint. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about that stuff. They don't think about that. Yeah, doesn't get talked about much. So when you shut... So when you shut the door jam, mm -hmm. you know, the door, mm -hmm. the armrest that's there to be a comfort and a support to most everybody else. Yeah, it's pushing in on it. Jams your hips into uh, your radio box. control mm -hmm. box. Uh, and you, I mean, and then you've got this, you know, uh, you got to wear your safety belt. Mm -hmm. You got to wear your seat mm -hmm. belt. Yeah. Back in the day, you mm -hmm. know, back years ago, you didn't wear your seat belt as much as you're required to now. Which it's it's a good thing to do that, but most uh, of the absolutely. time because it was just added more pressure mm -hmm. to your hip, and then you got to jump out of that car mm -hmm. for an emergency to run to a car that's been in an accident, or or you got a you know mm -hmm. you got somebody that's in trouble, or you got an officer down or situation. 
Uh, and you got to put those hips and those legs in action quick. Yeah. But key point, wear your seatbelt. Wear your seatbelt. Yeah. Wear your seatbelt. Wear your body armor. Sure. Yeah. Um, but but the toll that takes on the human body. That's right. right. You, yeah. you can't practice for that. Mm-hmm. It just it's there, right? Right. So I was good. So at every so gas station. That, huh? Oh my goodness gracious! At every gas station, you know, you get out and you're trying to stretch your legs out, but you get out like you're 110 years old. <laughs> creaking your leg out like some dinosaur t-rex trying to take a step man i'm telling you yeah but it's another example of a lot of the um, long-term effects on our officers from long term i should say long-term exposure yeah so to the physical demands uh, on the body carrying all that weight all the time on the hips the the backs the knees the the feet all that kind of stuff a lot of what a lot of what the general public doesn't usually think about. Right, right. Um, or you think that you know, right? And I always yeah. tell somebody, just get on your scales at home and pick up luggage or something else that's 40 pounds um, and hold that with you to see 40 pounds more on the scales and then think about carrying that around for your entire work day. For 30, 35 years. That's right. So don't forget that. That's right. You know, but here's the other thing, the long-term exposure to stress the internal component you see manifests itself with our officers, especially with heart issues. Yeah. So the number one killer of law enforcement officers outside of <clears throat> line of duty, um, you know, tragedies. Right. Um, and now outside of COVID is heart disease for firefighters. It's cancer. Right. For law enforcement officers, it's heart disease. I'd, I'd probably say, uh, for firefighters, you're breathing in a whole lot of stuff. That's right. Yeah. Every time you go yeah, to a fire. And a the same thing, you know, you've got the discussions of old school where uh, firefighters didn't wear their their APR systems right. and all, all that and, and how much of a push there's been over the last couple of decades of really making sure even on uh, low-level suppression kind of details and whatnot, you're still always wearing that because, yeah, well, those folks are breathing in all kinds of contaminants and toxins and carcinogens and everything else. And, and I think uh, people don't realize that uh, without certain organizations uh, for police departments and for firemen uh, that watch over oh, yeah. and make sure that they have yeah. the equipment they need, would be very easy for communities or cities yeah. to say, oh, that stuff's... It's like when we did the trauma kits, right? Yeah. Uh, we were told, um, well, they don't they don't need all that. Uh, however, when we started doing the research, we, we found that uh, on average, for a person who gets put in prison for killing an officer, um, it's about 98 thousand dollars a year that taxpayers pay Mm -hmm. for their upkeep their food to keep them on death row or in prison or housing Mm -hmm. that's a year Mm -hmm. on average it takes sometimes five to 15 years for the full process of that legal uh, case to to finish out right Um, and then if they get a sentence of you know many years you're still the one paying. The taxpayer's still the one. And then we realized that we could do a trauma kit that would save that officer's life mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well ninety save the life. And save the life. Right. <laughs> yeah. For a hundred bucks. But to your point, there are organizations and that's why they exist is to advocate for our public safety mm-hmm. personnel. Because this is what I always tell people. Every officer, we just said, wear your body armor. Right. And I always like to point out, so most agencies provide the body armor for their employees. I always say, do you think they do that because they want to? Do they think? Do you think they provide that because, oh, it's the right thing oh. to do? Do you think that they yeah, provide the bu- it? The comptroller in the city, the budget. Do you think they provide it because they said, hey, uh, we have officers that are dying and they're working for us? No, no. Like even in our state and many other states, we had to actually get a law passed that requires it. And oh, by the way, the bid still goes to the lowest. The contract still goes to the lowest. Lowest bidder, bidder. right? Yeah. So, 
So um, it may not, may not be the most quality product at times. But that's why you have organizations that fight for that's that right. and stand the line for <clears> that. So it's really important that we have that. And, you know, we're, but here again, we're talking about entities that stand the line for those physical safety needs. Now we're doing the emotional wellness needs for the most part. And what we are talking about is trying to put on that spiritual body armor. That's right. Uh, for our officers, our firefighters, our military veterans and personnel that are actively serving or or now retired. You know, here's another thing I was thinking about when I was thinking about driving mm-hmm. at 13 hours, mm-hmm. trying to get my legs to move once I stepped out to fill up the truck, which is another traumatic moment, you know, at $5 plus a gallon, but yeah. uh, or four plus a gallon at, at different places. But I also thought about, you know, while that officer's sitting in their car driving for 8, 12, 16 hours having to be in that car, they can't do what the average citizen does and read a book, listen to a story. They have to have have their head on a swivel the whole time they're working. That's what we just talked about, that that focus, that attention. Yeah, you you cannot let your attention get diverted. Even if you think you pull into a place where you're alone, they have to constantly be aware of what's around them because unfortunately we have people, especially today, that have a desire to ambush them. So well, that's what I was pulling out here. I wanted to look that up. You're talking about yeah. that. These are the latest statistics that we just got uh, from the National Fraternal Order of Police. So this is for the first four months of the year, uh, January 1st through May 1st, so the end of April. We have had 123 officers shot, 19 of which have been killed by gunfire. And here's this to your point. 39 law enforcement officers were shot in 25 separate ambush-style attacks. Say that again. I want everybody to listen that's watching. Say that again. 39 law enforcement officers were shot in 25 separate ambush-style attacks, which means you had ambush-style attacks where more than one officer was shot on several of those incidents. Right. The other thing is that's a 38% increase in number of officers shot in the line of duty from the same time period in 2020. So that's a two-year span. So so just think about this. I, I think about this as part of the community, and I really try to help the community think about this too, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're watching this today, think about this in your job. Okay, you're a plumber. Mm-hmm. How many times have you crawled out from under a house after sweating a pipe on just waiting for somebody to be standing around the corner of the house to shoot you <laughs> or stab you. Uh, wait a minute. Okay. How about a doctor? How many rooms of the hospital do you go and go through the door and you're just on edge waiting for somebody behind that door to be prepared to kill you when yeah, you walked right, in there? Right. How many, and the list goes on. How many attorneys, mm-hmm. you know? walk into their office or go to their job every day and they're just they're so on edge because or have to be have hyper vigilance because they've got to be aware of their circumstances every moment of every day well, because people mean them harm but you think about that many attorneys and polit- elected leaders and things such as that they usually are operating in an arena where people have already been screened for weapons, there's security, there's armed guards in, around the building and in the building and all those other things, so that they don't have to think or worry about that. To your point, I think, is this is the one profession where you do. Nothing against our firefighters, but unfortunately, even more and more, we're starting to see they are starting to have to worry about that while they're on scene fighting a fire. We now have firefighters that were responding with ballistic helmets and rifle plates on certain situations, but even still yet again, on many... Who, cl- who clears those scenes before they That's go what in. I was going to say. On many runs, they're still going to stand by till that scene has been rendered safe by the law enforcement officer. That's right. Now, people say, yeah, but, I mean, you chose to do that. It's your pr- well, no, you're called to do that job. There's a difference here. Well, and many critics will say, hey, yeah, but there's other jobs that are just as dangerous. Uh, loggers... I think, uh, you know, uh, convenience store uh, clerks. Could you um, just say loggers again? Well, 
but loggers. So here's the point. Many of those other professions, they don't have people actively trying to kill them. Convenience store clerks, oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Loggers and construction people, road workers, all those right. other things. Many of those are tragic accidents that occur, sure. work-related accidents. Happen. Absolutely. But people aren't actually setting out with intent in their heart to take their life. There's, I think you made the comment, how many trees are... Uh, hunting you down in the forest oh, that's right and you're cutting them down yeah how many trees are trying to kill you yeah that's right no, so that's that's right it's a it's it's definitely something that we continue to be confronted with sure uh, and what the officers struggle with is um we're seeing it i get a lot of questions now about the role of morale with officers right well morale's at an all-time low why well because so so everybody really in a lot of respects has turned their backs on them. Now, a lot of folks in the community get offended by that <clears> because they'll say individually, no, I support law enforcement right. officers. Yeah, but we don't hear you. We don't know that you're there. And that's why it's so important that this quote unquote silent majority starts speaking it becomes up. Allowed, but that's that's right. right. If they're truly, if they truly are a majority right. and officers now are not, are not so sure that there is a majority out there that support them. Until they need them. That's right. Yeah. And so that's a even, huge... Even the criminal will call 911. Yes, sir. Oh, my goodness. How many times have we had 911 calls because somebody stole my drug money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, even criminals will call 911 when they're in an emergency situation. Yeah. Yeah. And so... so that yeah. really can attack the psyche of any individual, let alone the spirit That's of right. the officer. That's right. Um, and then you're left with this question, how do you keep your resolve? So what do you do? That's right. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm glad you asked that because I have a great scripture today, and okay. I hope you're going to let me share it. You're going to let me share it, aren't you? Sure. Okay. I was just making sure. <laughs> I'm gonna just make. We have to make sure of these things because he picks on me all the time. Every mm-hmm. Day. mm-hmm. Where are we there, we're in First Samuel. Okay, chapter that's gonna be thirty. One that many people may not have heard. Yeah, that's back in the Old Testament. Old Testament, which, so, by the way, is awesome. Oh, it is awesome. There's lots of powerful stories. And by the way, uh, the D- King David, I've been to his grave. He's a real guy. These are real stories. These are not fake. I've been to the brook where he picked up his five smooth stones when he defeated Goliath. Hmm. A lot of people have heard of the story about David and Goliath. That story is used. Yeah, it's not a fairy tale. It's real. Mm-hmm. I have a stone from there. I mean, it's the valleys, the geological area. Everything is geographically correct. Mm. It's all there to go see if you want to go see it. Anyway, he's in a town called Ziklag, Z-I-K-L-A-G, and. He has a band of men, his army, with him. Mm -hmm. And they've been out doing warfare. They've been in the middle of of warfare and patrolling. Mm -hmm. So as officers would go out. Out on a mission. Yep, out on a mission. While they're gone on a patrol, uh, another military group comes in, wipes out the town, doesn't kill anybody. Takes all the women and children, all the elderly, all the goods, all their houseware. Took their frying pans, took their nice crystal glasses. They they grabbed everything and and booked it. Left. So all these men, all these police officers, all these military, they get back. Everything's gone. Now they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. So be like an officer coming home after working, you know. A full week in an emergency situation. I always think about our rides downtown, um, all the severe issues that we saw, 24-hour wild pandemonium, and they get home, they're exhausted, wiped out, they've been dealing with stuff all day long, and they get home, and all their wife and children, their husband and children, it's all gone, their TV's gone, brand new 50-inch TV they just bought, it's all gone. Stereo equipment's gone. Their bicycles are gone. All their stuff is gone. Jewelry boxes are gone. Everything's gone. Now, now, how would you feel if you came back 
and everybody you love and everything you own is gone. I mean, they left nothing. Mm-hmm. Even food was very much a part of their system at that day to take everything, then burn or set fire to everything that was there structure-wise. Mm-hmm. So these guys show up, and they got nothing. And Now, they've been out doing warfare on behalf of their community, their families, keeping everybody safe, and all their brothers are standing with them. And the Bible says very clearly that they were so distressed. Let me read this to you. So David and his men come to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters were all taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. I remember some men and women officers just saying to me, I'm so exhausted. I don't even, I I can't even. I can't even feel myself anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm wiped out, man. This is the stress of all this, and I'm this is massive. And they're so distraught that they cry till there's. Have you ever cried till there's just nothing left? You just, there's no tears left. Well, we just talked about recently tragedies we've seen where there just are no words. Yeah. that you can speak. You, you look in that person's, mm-hmm. I've been on many calls where you're trying to help and comfort somebody who's been in a severe, tragic situation. And literally, there's their face just has no reaction because they can't, first of all, they can't wrap their mind around what's happened. It's so massive. Mm-hmm. They, they just have this blank stare. Mm-hmm. In their eyes and in their face. Disillusionment. Total disillusionment. Just, they, they can't, it's like it's not real. Mm-hmm. If you talk to them later, most of the time, people will tell you, it's like I was in a movie or a dream and mm-hmm. I, I couldn't wake up and it and, and there's no way that could be real. There's no way that could happen to me. There's no way that could happen to my loved one. There's no way that's real, right? Mm-hmm. I've seen that many times where somebody's wept and wept and wept and you're dealing with them over a, a period of time until they just, they just, you know they're not done grieving, but they just can't cry anymore. And they just look at you and say, I, I just, it's, it's not that I don't care, I just can't, I can't, my body just won't cry anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a very low point. I think sometimes... Uh, as a community, we can push or press those that are here to stand for us, to protect us, to really love us, to give their life for us to the point where they're so distressed, they don't know what to do anymore. Well, it's a basic. And stressed out. Oh, well, it's a basic concept esprit de corps, right? Esprit Morale. Yeah. Uh, the spirit is what you're talking about. Esprit de corps. The spirit, the spirit right? That's right. Esprit. So, <clears throat> when, you, when you exhaust that, when you squeeze every bit of that out, that's what's happening to our profession right now. And then we say, well, these women, these guys, they act like they don't care. No, you squeeze yeah. that out of them. You took that out yeah. of the equation. And what we've talked about this before, it's a reflection of, of the community. You're holding up a mirror to That's the community. Right. And when the officers are saying, when you don't care, citizenry, why are we supposed to care? That's right. Um, and that's a lot, in a lot of ways, that's where we are in our nation. And it's not just caring. I want to make this clear for the community. It's not just caring for the officer. It's really caring about what the officer stands for, which is law and order. Yeah. And when you quit caring about law and order, you're going to quit caring about the heart of that officer because that's what they're called to do. That's what they represent. That's what they represent. So in essence, those two things go hand in hand. That's right. When you start calling evil good and good evil, Mm -hmm. um, you're going to include that officer because that's what their life is about. Right. That's what they give their body talking about driving and what it does to the human body and all the things 
they do that. They know that's going to be part of the job. They do that because they love the community mm-hmm. and want to serve their fellow men. So here's David. He's got all these men that are literally sacrificing their life. And now they come back to nothing. Right. Well, let me take it in a different direction that really ties right back into it. You go and you do all that. You do what is right. And then you have an officer that then gets sued for doing their job and doing what's right. And you get a judgment that is against the officer and they can lose everything that they've, that they've built up in their life. When they're right. When they're right. And they've been proven right. Correct. I mean, a hundred percent proven justified mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. for them to be right that's right and yet people in the community say we don't care that's right so we're, you want to talk about pressure we're just gonna say you're wrong that's right uh because we because don't of, like what you represent there you go that's right but they are also the same people that stand and shake their fist at god because they don't like him either and what he represents so, you know, that's right so you're in good company they hate mm-hmm. god too and if they say they don't and they love god well you can't because mm-hmm. you're a god hater here they are mm-hmm. and david who's been with them fought with them stood with them they decide in their distress this is how this is how wicked this level of pressure stress and pain can become as they decided to kill him because our human nature is what we got to blame somebody it's exactly what's going on in our country Thank you. and the officer is the one that so right this is um, the officer is the most visible representation of government that's People right. are very dissatisfied with all the failures of policy and politicians in this country. And so they take it out on the most visible representation, which is the American law enforcement officer. So you got the American law enforcement officer, as we saw over the last two years, standing shoulder to shoulder with people who are in the streets protesting their government. The officers are saying, I'm going to risk my life and my physical well-being, my life, my spirit, to protect you so that you can do that. And then what does the crowd do? They turn on those officers and direct their complete ire and anger at them As, for what they represent. And and they represent the law. And you keep saying, if you don't like the law, go get it changed. But I have to enforce the law. That's right. That's right. Crazy. So every officer can relate to this story. I would think David so because it's a pretty powerful, uh, pretty powerful example of what happens in this level of distress. Now, David was greatly distressed. So let's tell people again where it's at, so they can. Yeah, First Samuel this. chapter thirty. Got it. And look at verse six. Got now, it. now, just so you know, David's lost his wives too, and his children. He's lost everything too. Verse six, and David was greatly distressed. For the people spake of stoning him. Now here's why. Not because he did anything wrong, but because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, now here's the key, encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Hmm. What do you do in a moment when the stress level and you know that people are attacking you unjustly. David's been fighting right along with him. David has incurred loss as well. Same loss, wives, children, possessions, everything. What do you do when you're in the mess and it's so deep that that you know people that normally love you turn on you too? Let me read you the translation that I have. It says, And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in their soul. That's right. Now, this is this is the thing that I, I <clears throat> intrigues me about this. What you're saying here and what you're reading is, can an officer related to, relate to a group turning on him and wanting to literally <laughs> stone them? We've gone through officers having rocks 
frozen water frozen bottles. Frozen Thank you. Arch, uh, the chief. Literal little right. stones thrown at them, right? And then in, in, in terms of that, because they were bitter in their soul. We've been dealing with anybody, any groups, any people that are bitter Come in their on. soul, right? And then what you just said is that, <clears throat> but then he strengthened himself. And how did he do that? That's the whole crux of this. Yeah. How did he have the endurance and then also find the encouragement to keep moving forward. So did he say, you guys give me a break, I'm going to go to the gym? No. Did he say, hey, I know how to handle this, I'm going to CrossFit? Yeah, no. Did he say, hey, y'all leave me alone for a minute, I'm going to the range? No. I'm going to get my slingshot out. That was his gun of the I'm gonna day. I'm going to go hit the corner bar. I'm going to hit the corner. Did he say, bring me all the wine I can drink? No. Did he say, go get me a couple of other ladies? I know my wife's, you know, they've been taken away, but there's some pretty no. girls that. Uh, I'm heading to the casino. No. no. Didn't do that. Mm-hmm. What did he say? He said, I turned and encouraged myself in the Lord, and it's very clear, his God. Mm-hmm. So it's evident his relationship with God was intact in that moment. That is it. That is pretty important what you just said, and I didn't even notice that. Strengthened himself in the Lord. Most people stop there. His God. His God. That's right. So he already had developed a relationship with God. He was already the Lord of his life. That's right. So he could call him his. It could be written about him that he was in possession, so to speak, of a relationship with God. So you can always have that foxhole conversion, right? Sure. Which you scream out to God in the middle of it. But what really uh, helps is if you've already made God the Lord of your life. Yeah. And then when you're in the middle of the mess, you can call out to him. So how does encouragement come like that? Because, you know, when, yeah, jo- that's the question. when God talked to Joshua, who again, here's another great general, another great man of war, another great man of battle, another man with a great warrior spirit. Here's a guy that could fight all day long and all night long and ask the Lord to hold the sun still so he could keep kicking butt and taking names. And God did. Another great story. And scientifically proven, mm-hmm. we've still missing that time, and they still don't know why. That's right. But we have the record of why. Let's talk about that sometime because that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. So Joshua is told to be strong and of good courage, which means – Encouragement means you are being filled with courage or you're being filled with a divine, deep understanding of purpose that makes you know why you're there and you're not going to give up or quit or let... Being reminded of why you do what you do. Why you do what you do. So David encouraged himself in the Lord his God by first talking to him. Hmm. Secondly... We know that he called the preacher of the day and said, "Hey, bring me the 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 instruments in my day, in his day that revealed the voice of God, the Uman and Thuman. Those are so he talked the stones to God that the priest would wear. So he talked to God and then he called the chaplain. That's right. Talked to God then called the chaplain. This is a mighty warrior, powerful man. Right. It's recorded historically." King Saul killed his thousands. David killed his tens of thousands. He ain't no wuss, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is not no sissy little So when man. everything in his world gets turned upside down, first thing he does is encourage Talks himself in the, in, his, in the Lord, his God, by yeah. talk. When he says his God, that's a personal relationship. He starts talking to him, and then he calls the chaplain. And then he calls the chaplain and says, hey, I really need to know I need I need to know what God thinks about this. I need to talk to God. Would you come pray with me? Mm-hmm. And so the chaplain, Abathar the priest, the chaplain, he comes and and talks to David. Gives David uh, the what he needs to do to ask his questions. And so David does that. It's a great story. I love his story. It's one of my favorites. And David said to Abathar the chaplain, the priest said, I pray you bring me uh, your ephod or the ephod, which was the garment of the priest, so that he can inquire of the Lord. And so he inquired at the Lord saying, what do I do now? 
do I pursue this truth? Do I go after them? In other words, what he said was, what do I do now? I'm looking at the people that want to kill me, mm-hmm. and I've been fighting for them and with them mm-hmm. right alongside one of their brothers. I'm also looking at my house is empty. I've lost what they've lost too. Right. I think people forget officers lose. I'm thinking about officers who get wounded. Everybody acts like they just go back on the job, like their wounds heal super naturally. They're just, uh, you, you get you, I'm thinking about uh, an officer that, like the one that we, we have in our lives right now, mm-hmm. who gets shot in the throat or whatever. He doesn't just automatically, hey, since it didn't kill him, he's just back on the job. And That's what we talk about. No, they have to fight for their recovery. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, fight for now, it. Now, here's the here's a good point. So how do they do that? How do they fight for their recovery? What I'm going to tell you is that if you're not grounded, if you don't already have that deep abiding relationship with your Lord, your God, it's going to be very difficult to fight for it's your a, recovery. Oh yeah. The way that you fight that battle is with God. Because now, now here's the great thing about that, because because you're 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 fighting on three front, fronts. I mean, that's a tough battle. If you can shrink that mm-hmm. to where you're only fighting on two or one front, right? Then of course the battle's much easier. Anybody that knows anything about yep. fighting will tell you that's a fact. If you're having to fight on two or three fronts, you've been triangulated. So thank very you. difficult. Very difficult. So if you're battling physically mentally and spiritually right you're in deep deep trouble right if you can handle the spiritual and make sure you stay strong there and you don't let anything infiltrate your green zone of the spirit yeah because you've you're walking with god if you've, you've been got playing to, offense on that front thank you're not you. have to play defense come on at the time you're gonna of get battle. me preaching now. Know. no they don't that's want right. me to preach but that's right i can't help yeah. it that's the key component, though. And that key component always helps the mind yeah. and emotions. Right. It always brings strength to that area. Then you're only fighting on one front, and that's physical. That's right. Sometimes you're going to have moments where you're battling mentally because you may have a challenge, a physical challenge. I'm thinking of those who've maybe been hurt or paralyzed or lost a limb in the line of duty or things of that nature. Go back to one of our dear precious uh, officers who, um, who tragically was shot in the head and the battle he had to go through to get to where he is today. But when you handle that spiritual part first, you may battle a little bit in the emotional, mental realm. But you can always go back to the Spirit, and your Spirit encourages by the Holy Spirit, encourages your mind. Mm-hmm. So then you just have to deal with the fight you're dealing with on one front. Right. Not all three. All three, I think that's where we lose officers, when they're battling in all three realms. I think that is, just talking person, that's the highest level of danger of suicide and officers. That's why I believe so much in what we're doing here. Uh, I, I, I just received word a day ago uh, of another officer that took his life and, uh, you know, died from suicide. Yeah. And here again, I keep, you know, and, and, and I actually got a call from an officer talking about it, and we talked about this very issue. Man, it might not have, it might not have saved him, might not have prevented it, but I sure wish we would have saw what would have happened if he got a chance to just see some of the things that we're right. talking about here. So that's why I always say with this podcast, we just want to get it in, in front of as many hearts as possible. When we talked to Dr. Barclay, I love the uh, phrase that he used, bow your heart. And I just think, you know, a, 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 a officer out there, a man, a woman out there that's serving their community that's battling all these demons that may be battling on these three fronts that's gotten triangulated by the evil spirits in this Come world. On. And the and if they could just get this before their heart, bow their heart to it and just just hear it. Just hear us out. Yeah. Uh and don't even hear us. Just he, hear the word 
and the resource that is here for you. There is a rescue, a rescue, a rescue boat here. That's what we're trying to communicate. That is, is right. Is the rescue. I, that is right. I, I mean, when and I know why you're about, getting emotional because uh, we talk about this uh, yeah. all the time. We, we lose another officer to suicide and we're left thinking, man, did it, did it, did he or she ever get the chance just to hear somebody talk to him and let him know that there is hope, that there is hope here. And you sense, and you sense just knowing about suicide, uh, knowing the, uh, what that does, how that plays out. Cause of course, as a chaplain and then I did some work with the, the national suicide uh, committees when you when you understand in a person's life what brings that about and that and the depth of that loneliness yeah that you're all alone or that nobody gets you or that you have no other choice yeah when you are looking at that and that is the only choice you see knowing what that comes from it makes me emotional because yeah it's such a painful that is a place. true pit of despair it's a pit of despair and your heart longs to say we we want you we we don't there's an answer right there's a way out there's a way out and it's and not that no it's not that and it's not it's not just being religious mm-hmm. i don't I, honestly i don't care for religion Right. I care for a relationship. Right. And when and, you think you got nobody else, you do oh have my God. somebody. You you do, and you have the greatest somebody. That's right. And David cried out. I mean, he's so distraught, he can't cry anymore either. He is in a pit of despair. Oh, and he is facing his own people killing him. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's turned their back on him. Totally. Thinks where most people would say, I'm all alone. He knew he wasn't. And just so you know, we realize you're a high D and you're a doer. You go out and get it done, right? Mm-hmm. Officers, high D person. That we, we're we not trying to tell you you're going to sit around a campfire and sing Kumbaya and get a ukulele. That's not our deal. <laughs> <laughs> David didn't either. He, there you go. He sought God, his God. Yeah. And then he said, okay, now what do I do? There you go. You've helped me see clearly so my heart is better. But now what do I do? Do I pursue these guys? Do I go after that guy down the street around the corner? Do I chase this guy? Do I pull off? Do I stay in this car chase? Do I wait? Do I back off? Is there something? What do you want me to do? He didn't bend his knee to the evil spirit. He bent his knee to his God and cried out for To the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's it. That's right. And when he did... So here's what he says. So, so it's, shall I initiate a pursuit here is what yeah. he's asking. Yeah. Do I go after him? Uh, shall I overtake them? So if I go after them, Lord, do you want me to go hands on? Yeah. Do I, do I grab them? Do I go hands on? Do I cuff them? Do I take them down? What, what do you want me to do? And um, God didn't say, hey, dude, you're on your own. You made the mess now. You fix it. I can't help you with that. I mean, I'm God. I'm up here. You're down there. Mm-mm. You just kind of deal with what you got to. I mean, I helped point, you out. He invited God into the situation. First, he did. That's and right. And when we do that, he always shows up. He always shows up. That's right. And it says, and he said. He answered him. Answered him. Oh, wait. that that means he heard his questions. So he answered him, meaning God answered God David. God answered David. Pursue. Yep. Hmm. Lights and siren. Flip the switch, boys. Let's go. Hmm. Pursue. For you shall surely overtake them. It's going to happen. And without fail, without fail, 100% success, you're going to recover all. Now, that's a powerful, powerful statement in the middle of crisis. Mm -hmm. Does that not set a picture of hope instantly? That's right. Now, where you have hope, you can have faith. If you're hopeless, you can't see your way to believe. Right. When, When people get into deep trauma, 
and they lose hope, that's the most dangerous point of their life. Yep. Because these demon spirits will move in and talk to you, and they mean you no good whatsoever. So in military terms, what we talk about is when you've been ambushed, you've been triangulated, you've been you're getting ambushed on all three sides here by by the evil one. What do you do? Do you retreat? No, you advance the ambush. That's right. Right. Uh, that's that's your only hope. But you don't do it alone, and that's the key that's component. Right. And we just talked about that, you know, and we were talking about that where there's no more tears to cry, when there are no words, there is the word. Yep. And that's what I want our officers to hear. When you think there is no hope, there is no answers, nobody can help you, right. your, your, your co-workers can't help you, you can't even tell them what's going on because you're so deep into it. You can't talk to your family. They've all turned their back. They've walked away from you. And there are no words. There's the word. There's the word. And there is a living God who you can put your faith in. That's right. You can call out to. And if you call for backup. Hallelujah. He's on his way. He's on his way. But man. you got to invite him in. You got to yeah. hit in and hit for backup. You got to call for backup. That's it, man. Woo! That is good stuff. That is. And these stories are in here, man. That's why I love you. Give the we say give the address, which rings yeah. true to the officers. Right. And give give the location. Give the address. First yeah. Samuel thirty, starting in verse six. Go there yourself. Trust what yeah. we're saying, but go and verify it and read this. And I'm going to tell you. It's like a really good book. Once you start reading it, it's a page turner. You're going to keep reading. And there are stories in here of battle, of heroics, all these other things. But every single one of them are rooted and grounded in faith. In faith. So so let me. I'm going to throw something else in here. Do we have time? Barely. I'm going to, I'm going to throw something else in here right, right quick. We may not have time to talk about it all. Maybe we'll come back on the next one. This so, is called a teaser. It's a teaser. All right. So, so David... All of his men can't make this next phase of the journey. Oh, man. They yeah. can't go into the next battle. <laughs> yeah. They're they're wore out. That's right. Right? Your family, you're, you're at home. Your your unit, your second unit, they, they, your half unit, they may not be able to make it. They can't go in this battle. with. Maybe you're, you're feeling the stress. Maybe it's in marriage and you can't include them because they might be part of the issue. Right. These other people with him, part of his men, they're so exhausted, they can't make the next battle. They can't go after it. They can't. They physically, emotionally, spiritually, meant, they just can't do it. That's right. He says, we're going into battle. Those that can, they go with him. But when they win, they come back and also restore all of the other people who were already too exhausted to go. You have to realize that when you win your battle, it's not just for you. Now, some of the men argued with me and said, well, they didn't go fight. Well, we went. Well, we're the only, we should get ours and theirs too. He said, no, you're not doing that because you fought for your brother. There you go. You're fighting right now for your wife, for your children, for your husband, for your children. You're fighting for your baby. Maybe you're a single adult officer and you don't have a family like that. Hey, maybe you've been to hell and back here as an officer and you know what it was like, but you also know where you found the answer or you stumbled upon this podcast. Come on. You go back and you pay that back, pay it forward to your fellow officer that's still standing on the line. For you to win this next battle. That's right. For you to win this battle you're in right now. You're not just winning it for you, my friend. You're winning it for everybody that loves you. You're winning. This is no different than you facing uh, the domestic violent person. It's no different than you facing the, the thief that's broke into somebody's house, a rapist. You have to see this thing that's speaking to you right now, telling you you can't take anymore, you're done, you don't want to live like this anymore. You've got to see this as the worst enemy of your life, and you got to win this battle. Not just you for you, through. but for everybody that loves you too. And you can start seeing your way through it. That's right. Yeah. And the so. next time when you're exhausted, your fellow officer grabs you by the hand, pulls you along, or they come back and help restore you. And there's going to be another battle 
where there may be another officer like you that's in deep trouble. That's the key. And you're going to know what to do to help them. So what you're saying is David took a remnant of the group, right? That's exactly Went and fought the battle and then came back and revealed that to the rest of them. And that's exactly what we're talking about. And everything was restored to them. So this isn't games here. Take these episodes and share them with your fellow officers. Come on. Spouses. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Take these and share them with your officer or your family member or your military veteran who's who's suffering. You know, the the statistics say that we lose 22 soldiers, veterans, a day, a day to suicide. To suicide. 22. Jesus so there's a huge move of 22 to zero to to eradicate that number, and it means that you call your buddy. You do buddy checks, wow. and you call them, and uh, yeah. they might not be able to go into this next battle because, quite frankly, they're in a battle they themselves. They might be in a battle as well. You go and yeah. fight it on their behalf. Yeah. Come back and help restore them. There That's what this is about. That's what it's about. Hmm. Man. That's good stuff. Boom. Good stuff. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Love you. Love you too, man. Love the uh, profession. Love every law enforcement officer and love that blue line and uh, those that stand on it. Well, this is a a great, that's right. It's a great blessing and let's continue to stand the line. And love the families that also support their LEO. I mean, come on, the family members are in there too. Absolutely. And uh, when they go after the, when these spirits go after the officer, they're not just after that officer. They're after the family. They're after that child. They're, these demon spirits of murder, they want to make and affect an entire generation and a family and children and everybody involved. Yeah. So. Well, and if an officer's out there feeling like they got no hope, this is what you, you always got hope. say, which is uh, you think that nobody else loves you. We love you. And yes, there's nothing do. you can do about Not it. Not a thing you can do about it. And uh, so subscribe, hit the bell. Give us a thumbs up. It helps us. We're trying to reach as many officers and families as possible. So we call you blessed today. My friend, as always, it's awesome. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Rick and I trust that you heard something that will help your life. And if you believe that it would help others, please make sure and share. Like and subscribe and hit that bell so that you can be notified when the next podcast is available. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.